This is the Talking Property Podcast, brought to you by Rewed.com, the home of WA Real Estate. Thank you for listening to Talking Property, the show in which we discuss all aspects of real estate. Now, here is your host, Harvey Deegan, together with our expert commentators, Rob Druitt and Rod Bryan. Thanks for joining us on Talking Property Now, Rod Ryan and Rob Druitt. We have a couple of very, very special guests coming up, don't we? We do. That's right. We're going to hear about the commercial market, I understand, from McGill, McGill DeFrotis. And uh, we're hearing about a very interesting market that's been a long time in the coming of recovery in uh, the Mandra market at Frank Lawrence. Yes, we're going to talk to Frank Lawrence of H&N Perry Mandra. And it's been a while. It's been a few episodes since we had a look at the commercial sector. And I'm really looking forward to having a chat to Miguel, your colleague, of course, Rod. Yes, he is. He's a bit of a star, is our Miguel. I'm sure that he'll be a little bit conservative of what he has to say but having said that he did say to me the other day that this month could well be the busiest and best month he's ever had in real estate he should be pretty well primed up today yeah we're looking forward to having a chat to him in just a moment On Talking Property Now, we're going to turn our attention to the commercial sector. And who better to advise us on that than Miguel DeFratis from DeFratis and Ryan. Welcome to Talking Property, Miguel. Thank you very much for having me on, Harvey. We've been hearing a lot about residential and all that. Commercial, is that matching strides? It's interesting because the, the commercial market, there's a normal lag time of between 12 to 18 months behind the residential market. What we're finding is that at the moment we are extremely busy, especially with industrial properties. Office space still a bit is still a bit challenging, retail very challenging and bulky goods is, is going okay but the industrial market's performing extremely well at the moment. Over the last 12 months, what effect has COVID had on the commercial sector? Well, it's had a huge effect in relation to vacancy rates for offices. It's had a big effect because people have changed the way that they do business. You know, there's still a lot of businesses working from home, especially in the office in, in the office market. In relation to industrial, because the WA economy is doing well and the mining industry is doing well, the industrial sector's picked up the slack, so to speak because they need to service the mining industry so they're extremely busy like engineering workshops you just can't get anything anything between thousand to four thousand square meters of big bulky goods you just can't get it because the, the, the landscape's changed in relation to retail where a lot of these online businesses they're needing large warehouses to store all the product that they're selling now, we go prior to COVID-19, the commercial sector, the pressure was on for retail. That obviously hasn't changed and probably accelerated even further. What other total structural changes do you see going forward now as a result of COVID-19 with the commercial market? I think investors have to be really wise where they're purchasing commercial property at, the, at present. I think with office space, we just don't understand the effects of the full effects of, of what COVID has, has mm. done. With um, people working from home. Working from home. How like much space will they need yeah. in the future? bank with Macquarie Bank for argument's sake our business and they're still all working from home Australia-wide. Perth had one slight COVID issue of recent but they're still working from home Australia-wide so that's huge because their office is based in St George's Terrace and I think they've got 1500 square metres so no one's occupied that space for you know since April last year. So eventually that's going to have a, an impact across right mm. across the board. So Miguel as you mentioned before there's some real challenges out there in commercial property. From an investor's point of view what would your recommendations be when they come to and say, okay, Miguel, we want to invest in commercial property. How would you 
give them advice on where is the best place to put their money? The first thing I say to them is if you're going to buy a commercial investment property, I'd buy something that is less than 10 years old because you've got a lot of tax benefits, depreciation yeah. and whatnot. So Building depreciation, at 2.5%? Up to 4%. Or 4%, 2.5% on residential and up to 4%, and 4% on commercial, isn't yeah. it? So it's quite significant, you know, if you look at a, a property that maybe costs $200,000 to build, well, it's $8,000 deduction a year, isn't it? Yep, and you've got 40 years of it too, so that works mm. in your favour. I like properties that are in a smaller strata or not in a strata at all, like a standalone property, it just depends on your budget. So not a large strata of, of more than four or five, that's a, another wise thing to... Well, strata to fees are paid by the, the lessee, the tenant, but I suppose the higher those variable costs, the lower the rent potentially, isn't it? So if variable costs are very high, then there is some pressure on the rental. If you've got larger stratas, you've got other factors that can determine who you can have in that complex as well. So you can narrow your, your client base down For as well. So the property. That's yep. exactly right. So if, you, if you've got a large strata and you've got a cabinet maker wanting to go in there, well, I think you'd have a, a lot of people wanting to oppose that, that type of use in there because of an, an insurable risk or a messiness or a mechanic for argument's sake. Right. So that, yeah, so there's a couple of things that you've got to look at. But also what type of property you're buying. I think industrial property at the moment, I think there's a bit of room in that for some growth. And uh, you just got to be wise in, in relation to what segment of the market you're going for. And what about the land side of things, Miguel? Is if you're going to want to develop a site, where do you go? Because I don't think there's too many places, is there, around where there are new estates? Commercially? No, there isn't. There's some in the southern corridors in like uh, Waterloo. Uh, there's some land coming down in Naval Base. But I think the, the, the key is the, the eastern corridor of Perth, as in like the Forestdale and the, the Maddington area. I think that's where the growth's going to be because there is some land available there. Everything else seems to be dried up. There's no more land available in, in Fremantle or in the Coburn area because there's just no more land available. And those northern suburbs as well. Malaga's built out and uh, it's, it's gone all the way up to the Lansdale now and they're running out of land as well. So yeah, I think the eastern corridors where the growth's going to be. Yeah, I realise you're not a builder, but what's the build cost? Is that, you know, is there a lot of competition out there for people to, you know, for the builders to build these properties? It just depends on what type of building you're building, but let's say you build an office warehouse, just a, a standard 1,000 square metre office warehouse, your building costs are coming in between 700 to $800 a square metre. Mm, what were they, say, five years ago? Oh, they are probably about 800 to uh, to 850 a square metre, so they've come back, but they're, you know, I'm speaking to a builder at the moment, they're saying that the prices look like they may be going up because steel's going up and concrete's mm. going up because the residential market's now busy, so it's <laughs> puts pressure on it. It's got puts pressure on it. What about sustainability in different properties? Is there a difference between commercial properties that are more sustainable and lower operating costs as opposed to the older buildings that are less well-designed and, and less sustainable? It's more forced by the legislation. So office space, yes, that's very prominent in, in relation more to More so in space. office, isn't it? It is more so in office where the legislation hasn't come in place so the, the owners aren't having to fulfil certain requirements. So it is going to happen, I think, slowly with you know solar panels. I think a lot of owners are putting in solar panels in their commercial properties. Offices have to be more energy efficient, in not just for, for power, but also for energy as well. It is slowly coming into the market, but more it affects the office market at the moment. Getting back to investors, Miguel, we all know how stock levels are with residential properties. So does this mean it's more attractive, perhaps, in some cases for people to be looking at commercial properties? 
Yes, it does. The problem that we have is our stock levels are pretty low as well because the market is starting to recover. So the developers weren't in the market 12 months ago, two years ago. So the stock that is out on the market is getting taken up. So the investors are having to look through and be very cautious of what they're buying at the moment. But there isn't a lot of choice, uh, unfortunately, for them. But yeah, it's one of those markets that there's not a lot of land. It's, it's amazing because there's not a lot of land about. There's not a lot of product about. There is stronger demand. So it would push the prices up. So then I think that we're going to have a, a cycle change. I think which would you, would you for at the moment, Rob? Would you agree in the residential? We've it's been a long time that the residential market's been pretty challenging. In some sectors of the residential market, it's been an awfully long time. Yes, that's mm. right. And we're talking twelve or thirteen years. Some <coughs> other areas maybe a little bit less, five or six years, but certainly has been a, a very uh, difficult residential market up until the last six months or so. So. With potentially an end, maybe so much potential, but they are actually happening right now, rising prices in commercial. Therefore, the yield, which is really the key factor for commercial, isn't it? It's a different aspect than the residential. Yield being the rental return over the value of the property. Those yields are going to be compressed or come down even further than, and they already have, haven't they, because of the low interest rate environment? Correct. The good thing is, but for the investors, is that the rents are slowly creeping up because that was the thing that was holding the yields down, is the, is uh, the rental, the rents yes. were, were coming down, but that pressure's been, you know, pushed up because of the supply and demand factors and the fact that, yeah, there's a lot of tenants out there screaming for properties that they just can't find. Miguel, you've moved into new offices in, in Apple Cross. How do people get in touch with you at DeFratis and Ryan? They can either call our office line on 63996800. They can call me on my mobile 0417268465 or they can go online and catch us on our website, which is www.defratisryan.com. Thank you, Miguel. It doesn't matter where you live in Western Australia, Rewa can help you search for your ideal home. Rewa is Western Australia and it knows our state well. With access to information and Rewa agents right throughout WA, Rewa gives you peace of mind when deciding about where your next house will be and how to source the best information by being put in contact with Rewa agents who know their districts very well. People like to shop and buy local. With Rewa, you can also search local. Go to rewa.com when seeking any information at all about property in your chosen area or use rewa.com to research the ideal location for you. Rewa knows Perth and all WA cities and towns very well. For all your property needs, visit rewa.com, the home of WA real estate. Our Agents Corner today takes us down to sunny Mandurah and we're speaking to Frank Lawrence from H&N Perry down there in Mandurah. Welcome to Talking Property. Thanks, Harvey. And it's great to have you on board. You've been doing a tough down there for a number of years, Frank, but they tell me that the worm has turned. Yeah, we don't do anything easy down in Mandurah, uh, <laughs> it, it appears. <laughs> We've had some pretty tough times. We've had some good times. I've been here in this market since 1991, and certainly the 90s were very challenging, but the early part of the noughties, as, as I'm sure a few of your longer-term panel members there would, mm. would recall, were pretty good, and Mandra sort of suffered some challenges, a series of challenges, I guess we could say, from about 2006 to two more recent times when, as you point out, the worm has turned. Yeah, according to a recent newspaper article, rather than an asking price being considered, converted 
to a sale price of less than the asking price, it seems to me, according to this article, that in some cases offers are 10% above asking price. Is that your experience? Yes, yeah, that that would be a, a fair summation. I think there's always a bit of a, a challenge not to get so emotionally caught up with these big numbers. I think they're more of a rarity rather than a commonplace event in the marketplace so far. I say that because there, there have been, as you point out, some really good sales well above what people are asking as a result of a good property well presented and, of course, the demand out there in the marketplace. To give you an example, we put a property on the market eight days ago, offers from 398000 We ended up selling it last Sunday for four thirty. So that would add some strength to what you're suggesting, Harvey. Chief Frank, that's great. I mean, it's been a long time, hasn't it? I mean, it's been almost 15 years, hasn't it, since you had to have a long career in real estate to remember the last time the market was strong. Andrew. You've been around too long, Rob. You've been around too long. Your memory's too good. <laughs> well, you remember uh, Hayden Groves, when he was REWA president, we referred to it as the long bottom, and yep. that was just the period of the last five, six years. For you guys, it's been an extremely long time, hasn't it? I mean, there's been yeah. a couple of little, there was a minor pickup, I suppose you'd mm-hmm. say, in, in Mandurah in 2013, but it wasn't anywhere near like what happened in Perth. So it's been a long time coming, so there must be still some fantastic buying down there. Yeah, although I think you'd have to say a lot of that's been shaken out now, Rob. This activity, as we always find, you know, it's reported on in hindsight. So a lot of the news articles and what have you, you read with, with about things that happened last year, the last quarter. And certainly that's been the case in Mandra's story since virtually we all got out of the first round of lockdown in June last year. People came out with an appetite for uh, for property, certainly an appetite down here in Mandra, and things took off from there. And it was really exacerbated by a low base of listings. And I know, Rob, that, that'll sound funny to you, man, but has a low level of listings because we've always been <laughs> oh, no. well supplied, mm. well supplied with stock. Not at uh, the moment. But mm. At the moment, well, in, in and, and again, it's also difficult to keep track of exactly where you're talking about in Mandra. Because if I talk to you in your office in Double View about Mandra, you've got this view of Medora Bay down to Dawesville and out to Greenfields and all of those suburbs. But of course, when Rewa catch statistics, it tends to be suburb-based. So that makes it a little harder to track down. But if you look at Mandra, for example, the suburb of Mandra, at the moment, we've got about 785 listings in that suburb. Same time last Last year, we had 1,635. Wow. So we've got 48% of the stock that we had on the market 12 months ago in Mandra. And if you look at rentals, in the rental side of things in the same suburb, we have 107 properties available in the Mandra suburb. Of course, there's more in Hawkshead and, and mm. outlying areas or other areas. But in Mandra, there's 107 available and there were 393 available at the same time last year. So we're running in the central Mandra area there with 27% of the stock in rental. So you can see that there is a big reckoning coming at the end of March with a third of the stock and a rent freeze that has been on for 12 months. So I think you might see a few rents start to rise. Yeah, definitely. But the other thing too, Frank, what about those beautiful apartments and so on down there in Mandra? How are they going? Because I know that there was people originally that, you know, unfortunately... Some sad stories. You know, yeah, some sad stories in those ones. How are they going? Are they going well? Because beautiful real estate to me, absolutely beautiful real estate. How are they going? Gee, you guys are trying to burst this bubble, aren't you? We're all feeling pretty pretty empowered down here because the market, the sun's shining and the buyers are out there. And you want to talk about losses. 
Look, out in the uh, Mandarasha Marina, and I guess that's mm, where you're yes. referring to, and that was really the catalyst for a large amount of the growth that Mandar experienced in that noughties period. Yeah. You know, in, in the space of about three years, we had the rapid rail link from Mandra to Perth open, cutting the travel time now for people to commute from Perth to Mandra to something like 52 minutes or whatever, whatever it might be. So we had that open, and then we had the Mandar Ocean Marina, which you know, was a, was a world-class development, and I mean a world-class. It won international awards as the best development of its style in the world. Yes. So it really put us on the map. And, of course, as you rightly point out, prices and demand followed. Demand lifted, prices followed it. There was a day of reckoning of where we are at the moment, 15 years down. I think there's been a lot of that. It's all been shaken out of the marketplace now. But it's very affordable in those apartment markets. We're starting now at 400000 gets you a, a two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment in a world-class marina, restaurants, boating facilities, everything there for you. The prices are very good in that marina area at the moment, but like the rest of Mandra, it's all on an upward movement. Yeah, good news. And Frank, what yeah, would you good s- news indeed, mm, What would you say? I mean, here's your crystal ball. What's your feeling that this market's got legs, it's going to continue to run down in, uh, through Mandra? Gee, Rob, how do you normally uh, answer the question when people want you to predict the future? With another um, question. It, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, look, the comment I'd make is that we're coming off a low base and we've, we've laboured that point for you know the most of this conversation that Mandra has struggled in the past and now we see things on the rise. I think Mandra, and I've said this to you, Rob, personally and professionally over many years, I think Mandra has been very undervalued. If I said to you in Medora Bay, I can put you in a house on the northern side of Mandra, a house that's five years old, on a 600 square metre block of land, 350 metres from the beach at under 600,000, what would that compare to something in the western suburb. Oh, um, just add a mill. We just add a mill, at least a million. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's you have right. to say, man, reasonably priced. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Given the history, you know, there's such a long period of a difficult market. Yeah. It's. Uh, like I wish say, I had more mm. stock. I wish I had more stock at the moment. There'd be a pent-up demand to sell, wouldn't there? People who've been wanting to sell over the years, waiting for the market to recover. You know, when that yep. comes out and the word is out and, you know, there's definitely the market, it's clear that it's jumped up 10%, 15%, whatever it is. Hopefully that'll bring out more sellers and then it'll even out. Maybe that might work for investors, but for people who, for the owner-occupiers of the world, you know, they're selling because they want to move to somewhere else. They're not selling necessarily to realise the value within the asset. I think we've still got a bit of way to go in, Andrew. I think there's still there's still plenty of upside here. Good on you, Frank. Thank you very much for joining us on Talking Property. Now, how do people get in touch with you if they're interested in uh, either moving down to Mandurah or investing in Mandurah? Oh, Harvey, either way, they can get me at HN Perry Estate Agents. We're on the famous Mandra Foreshore, right on the Foreshore 54 Mandra Terrace. Our website is www.hnperry.com.au and my direct number is 0412 And you can Google me. I'm the number one ranked <laughs> Frank Lawrence in the world. <laughs> and rightly so too, you, Frank. Frank. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. Thanks we appreciate again, it. Amen. All the best.
Well, boys, I think we learnt a lot, didn't we, about the commercial market, first of all, and what an interesting situation Miguel painted for us. What's interesting is that I learned something today. I wasn't sure about the depreciation aspect. I wasn't sure. I didn't realise it was 4% compared to the 2.5%, so that sort of woke me up a little bit there. It's a completely different area altogether, the commercial. A lot of agents are frightened of it. Miguel and the team down there get stuck right into it, and gee, they do really well. So it's an exciting part of the business. And of course, we spoke to Frank Lawrence from Mandurah, and and that market, as we as, mm. and he confirmed and we pointed out, has been languishing for just so long. Good to see it is on the rise down there. It's taken a while to catch up to the metro area, but it's certainly going gangbusters now. Certainly, and those the horror stories of the past of investment down there are, are long gone. You know, as Frank said, you know the market has been undervalued, and of course the market is now catching up and going. Wait a minute, there's fantastic value there. So I would think there's still wonderful buying down through the Mandra area and, and associated suburbs. So very interesting what Frank had to say, and it'd be interesting to keep a watch on that market. We might have Frank back in yeah. a few months' time to see how things are going. And I think what's interesting when you get the people come from interstate, and they always talk about Mandura. Mandura, starting Mandura is definitely a good. Place place to live so there yeah you go. good old mandura <laughs> certainly right. is and if you'd like to join us on facebook just search for talking property podcast now maybe you'd like to access our website easy talkingproperty.net.au and you can listen to us on several podcast platforms maybe you're doing that right now on spotify apple podcasts and anchor and remember if you want to learn about the west australian property market that is easy just simply go to rewa.com for the best available information another talking property episode coming your way soon thank you for listening to this podcast of talking property with harvey deacon rob Jewett, and rod ryan